So we're going to get after it here with a little Taz Hall action. It's going to be fun. It's going to be epic. It's going to be insightful. It's going to be riveting. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be just a thing of beauty, as they say. I'm Taz. What up? Thanks for downloading this episode at Apple Podcast or maybe on Radio.com on the app, which is pretty good. Or the Radio.com website. I appreciate you doing that. Maybe um, maybe you're doing it over at the gimmick Stitcher or Spotify. Spotify. Apparently there's a little issue with the Google. Some people are saying a couple of the last episodes weren't on Google. I got to talk to Crying Brian about that, the esteemed producer. As he has headsets on, he's ignoring me right now. Uh, but I will uh, find out what's going on with that. As you know, uh, I will take care of it. That's what I do. Yes, hello. Uh, all right, so we got Taz Hall in this episode here. This is going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've been tossing around the idea of using a different Taz Hall open. I had a discussion with Pete the Body. You guys know Pete the Body. And his friend is Bawami, who does the regular Taz Hall open. And I actually have not been crazy about it. I like the open. I just don't like Bawami's voice. So it's getting on my nerves. But I, I think a lot of you people like it. Also, um, there was some chatter in the last episode that I started kind of um, <laughs> that thinking of maybe, as you just heard, that great open by my homeboy, Bazanji, who does the opening close of the Taz show and has always done the opens for the most part for the Taz show. And been throwing around the idea once we hit 2020 using a new open and not using the Bazanji, and there's been a little bit of an outrage on the social media towards me, like, don't do that. What are you, crazy? What are you, nuts? What are you, a fucking idiot? So, you know, like, feel free, uh, even if we don't reply or I don't reply, uh, give your thoughts and opinions if you'd like to hear a new open, if you're tired of hearing the Bazanji open, or whatever the case may be. You know, just let me know. You know, I'm a very interactive man, as you know, with you people. So uh, I like to just kind of keep it all on tap with that. All right. So that all being said, I think that, um, yeah, I think it's time to get rolling, bitches. All right. Three, two, three, two, one, one, two, three, three, two, one, begin. Individuals, it is I, Bawami, and welcome to the Taz Hall. Let your voices be heard. All right, jobbers. So let me know if you like that, too. Everyone's on the chopping block. Everyone has something to do with the Taz shows on the chopping block, and you, the audience, has control to say, hey, Taz, we love this, we don't like that. Do you like Bawami or do you not? Maybe we should have a poll. A poll should go up on the social media. Maybe you do an Instagram, IG poll. Maybe then I can get fucking verified. Sorry, inside voice. All right, here we go. Uh, you can submit these questions via Taz Talk, T-A-Z-T-A-L-K. That's my official Instagram. Awesome Alagalar, if you could be a manager for a current wrestler from any company, who would it be? 
Wow, wow, what do you say now? See now, see now. Well, there's several different talents without saying too much. As of late, I would say uh, a gentleman that I just talked about that we saw on NXT, uh, our two are uh, wow, bad one. Ruas, I love this guy, uh, a BJJ guy, and he's tremendous. Big fan of his work, NXT guy. We saw him work with Pete Dunn, and um, and I saw him work on Evolve also. I didn't see the last Evolve show. I know Gabe had two shows, one in Brooklyn and Queens or vice versa this past weekend, I think it was. I'm pretty sure. I did not see it. I did not go to it, obviously. But, um, uh, yeah, I've, I know Ruas, he's an NXT star, but I know sometimes he does work for Evolve. So, yeah, he's a guy, I got to be honest, I'd love to manage. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I mean, because fucking WWE, they don't really act like I'm alive. So, um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I he's a guy, I just, I, I just think that I could I could help get the character over even more. Uh, manager Jones, you know, in my field, my deal, I just come out, you know, and do my, my, my gimmick. You know, I could get it. I get, fuck, I get anybody over. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys. There's, there's a couple of. There's someone, oh, this is, how about the ultimate tease? How about this tease? That I'm not even going to tease shit. There's nothing to do with me. This is really confusing. Bear with me. There's going to be someone that's going to debut, okay? That's going to debut soon in one of the big companies. How's that? That I might be pretty good to manage. Let's just leave it at that. So I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think who else. Pete Dunn's a guy that I, I just mentioned. Pete again, so Arturo. Pete Dunn uh, is someone that I, I, you know, I love his work too. Um, always been, always put him over. I think he's great, as you guys know. Uh, Pete Dunn for sure. He's a guy I'd love to manage him too. But, but he's again, he's another guy who works for WWE, so it's hard. You know, they, you know, I mean, listen, I, I just, just a quick side note from from Taz Hall. You know, I, I had somebody. Um, just the other day, just saying basically, hey, Taz, um, well, it was actually, it was early today. That's when it was. It was today. There was so much stuff coming in. Basically saying, how come you're not in any of the WWE 2K games? He tags WWE games and he tags Triple H, which that was impressive. A lot of times you people will come at me and, and you'll be upset that something with WWE and me or lack thereof and you won't go to the, the bosses there. This guy tagged Triple H. I respect that. And I said, hey, I'm not really surprised. Uh, zero acknowledgement, acknowledgement uh, to my contributions to the industry. Unless you want to pay $9.99 per month, then you will find me. So that's me basically fucking being a heel and saying, well, they don't acknowledge my existence, but I'm all over their network uh, my whole career, basically. ECW stuff and obviously my WWE work and my commentary work. It's everywhere. I'm used as thumbnails for ECW stuff to click stuff. I, yeah, so yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, so whatever. Um, it's just so that's that's the thing. I don't see how I'd be managing anybody uh, there. There are as far as AW, I don't want to say a name or two, but there are there are a name or two um, that I feel that I could be a, a good connection to to manage and work with. Um, but I just don't want to say that now. So I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I always try to be as honest as possible, but you never know. I just don't want to say too much. Um, you know, I don't know. Just, uh, yeah, I hate to do that to you, but I just, I just can't, but thank you for the question. FSU underscore Knowles underscore four underscore life in regards to Lacey Evans incident in Canada. 
Okay, why does she need uh where else my space here in this paper here? Where it is. Why does she need to let everyone know that it was staged? Just like when wrestlers have matches and they congratulate each other on Twitter, um, this is one of the aspects of modern wrestling in quotations that drives me nuts. I listen, I, I understand everything you're saying. As far as Lacey Evans, what she did, the whole that whole staged event, that whole thing with the with the Mountie who pulled her over, I think it was in Edmonton. Uh it was ridiculous. I mean, I don't understand what it was for. I I don't know all the details, but it, it was like I don't I and I the answer to your question, the reason why I do think that she went public saying it was staged was because I think she was getting a lot of hate from people that she was in character while a state trooper or a police officer, a Mountie, whatever, whatever, highway patrol officer uh, pulled her over and she was being disrespectful and ripping the country of Canada. So I think maybe she received a, a plethora of hate on her social media. That's what I'm assuming. And maybe WWE maybe said, hey, listen, you know, why not just social media? But you, you got to let people know this was a work. Otherwise, you're looking like a real like, bad person here. So I do think in defense to her, I think she did the right thing with that as far as saying it was a work. That's what I'm thinking. I just know a little bit about the story. I don't follow Lacey Evans' career, um, but um, like like intently. <laughs> but I, I don't think at any time, place, or whatever, there's any time to use your cell phone to tape anything with anybody in law enforcement. I mean, unless, you know, it's off-duty and it's a friend of yours or something like that. I just, to me, there's, you know, I don't, I don't see how... Yeah, whatever. I just, I just don't, I don't think that was a, you know, that that's the reason why I feel she did that. She came forward and said it was a work because she probably got a lot of hate. She probably got a little heat from the office. That's probably what happened. Coronelli, Coronelli, twenty five. What's good, Taz? The difference between a lariat and a clothesline. Thanks. Hey, not much, uh, not much. I mean, some would think that maybe a lariat is wound up more, or you bring it back more. You know. Stan Hansen, the great Stan Hansen, big time Lariat Jones. I mean, you know, so I, I guess it's the way maybe you deliver a little bit more or less. It's a clothesline. I mean, you call a Lariat, I call a clothesline. You call a clothesline, I call a Lariat. But good question. I understand that. I, I don't think there's a major difference, to be honest with you. And I'm pretty much a fucking expert on this shit. But so I can tell you within locker rooms that I've been all over the world, uh, no one says, hey, hit me with a clothesline. No, 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 bro, bro, bro. Hit me with a Lariat. Yeah, you're right. That'll be better. I've never heard that in my life. Never heard that like difference. Squinty four. Hey, Taz, what show are you looking forward to watch the most in the next few weeks? AEW, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, MLW, Impact, NWA, ROH. So much wrestling product about to change the landscape. Uh, what an absolute time to be a pro wrestling fan. Hashtag verify Taz. Hashtag RTG. Hashtag bought a hat. Hashtag bought a shirt. Squinty4, thank you for the support. I would say I am most looking forward to seeing uh, NXT and AEW and also MLW. So I enjoy the MLW product very much. I feel they're in their own world. They do their own thing. And uh, Court Bauer and company, they don't get veered or, or swayed or get pulled into any bullshit. They just do their shows. Um, they have a bunch of guys and, and girls who work really hard. And they just they just get after it. And they got some talented people behind the scenes helping out and in production. So, yeah, I would say I'm looking forward to MLW all the time. I always enjoy it. 
uh, NXT and AEW, I think for sure, it's just a natural competitiveness, even though I don't think it's a competition, but it kind of is, that type of thing. Side-by-side Jones, you know, we haven't got a chance as fans to do that since the old WCW, WWF, Monday Night Wars days. So I think that part's kind of exciting for people, as um, as you guys know. Uh, hey, side note, you know, it's football season. It's a big deal, right? My bills are 3-0, which I'm so happy about. Well, it's September, and you basically know what that means. The NFL on CBS is back, so you can stream your local game every Sunday with CBS All Access available across all your favorite devices. Simple, and I got a deal for you. Go to cbs.com slash Taz Show. That's what one Z, Taz Show. Uh, to get a free one-week one week trial of CBS All Access. Again, go to cbs.com slash T-A-Z-S-H-O-W to get a free one-week trial of CBS All Access. You can't go wrong. It's good stuff right there, guys. I put it over all the time for a reason. It's good stuff, good stuff. Um, thank you for the questions, Squinny4. Mr. Gummizzles. What a name. Gummizzles. I think I'm gonna fuck that up. Uh, who do you think uh, should win Big Brother? I think Jackson. That's Mickey. For those that don't know, though, I think the jury might be bitter towards him. Ah, yes, good point. Might be a little bitterness towards towards Jackson, but he's been a comp beast. He is Beast Mode Jones, and the kid's smart, too. So it's not just physical competitions he wins at, but the mental end of it. Does a great job on the mental end of it. He's also in the showmance. He's got Holly right there with him, showmance Jones, handsome man Jones. He's got the whole thing going on. Fancy Dan. And then he's got the other girl in there. Okay, Nicole, uh, she's third wheel city, right? So she's there with the showmance. So you got three, you got three people left. Um, it's tough. Nicole's in a tough spot. I mean, she knows she talks about it all the time in the diary room sessions. Damn it, I shouldn't have brought a showmance with me all the way this deep into the gimmick. And she did. And she knows it might be to her demise, but she's pretty slick, this girl. You know, if you're Mickey, um, I mean, I'm sorry, if you're uh if if you're let's say somehow Nicole finds herself in a power position towards these last three here, and I wouldn't take Jackson, I wouldn't take you know Mickey or Jackson, the same guy, I wouldn't take him to the final two i understand you're saying the jury could be bitter towards him he's got heat with a bunch of them but they're all game players and when they're in that jury house talking about him they're, they're gonna at the end of the day put him over and say this fucking guy you know he played me he worked me and they're gonna have about five people that say that about him you know from uh maybe not nick but but definitely sis probably jack uh definitely christy you know they're all gonna say that a lot of them are gonna say that about him at the end of the day they're probably gonna respect him for it because he's won so much. And you see that a lot if history repeats itself with Big Brother. Even though people are pissed in the jury at a motherfucker, they will give the guy or girl their vote to win the whole goddamn game and win the $500,000 just because they respect the person. You know? So it's like a tournament. If you're part of a team, when you're in a tournament, you're a singles uh, competitor, an amateur wrestler, whatever, or, or, or a judoka or, or, or jujitsu, you know, uh, athlete, a BJJ guy or girl, and you're in a tournament, you, you know, and you lose in like the semis. Well, that guy or girl that beats you, you hope they go on and win the whole thing because then, hey, I got beat by the best in this on this day in this tournament. If you're a part of a team and your team gets beat, you know, in the, in the quarterfinals or whatever, you hope that team that beats you goes all the way. Fuck, I'm just spitting knowledge to you people. It's life lessons here in the show. It's life lessons, bitches. <sighs> All right. I need a little water. So I'm starting to get a little hot, like angry hot. 
I'm angry about a few things. You saw Twitter earlier. Comments were made by me. Nobody else, just me. Disappointing in the last podcast during the water break. Whistle Jones out of the water bottle, the straw. Nobody made a comment at all anywhere. No one gave a shit about the whistle. A little surprised at that. You people, he's very fickle. None of you gave a rat's ass about it. It's disappointing. You people are starting to become normal and nice. I don't like it. I'm not used to that. I mean, really. Someone would say, hey, a fucking water bottle's whistling. What's going on with that, buddy? Nobody said that. Hey, that was funny. The water bottle's great. Nobody put it over. Nobody knocked it. Nobody said shit. A little disappointing in that. All right. Anyway, so back to Taz Hall here. Where were we? Uh, la, 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 we have Peter D8548. That's a Peter D8548. Okay. Hey, Taz, I think if you had a match with Matt Riddle in your prime, it would be an instant classic. Would you agree or change Riddle for someone else? Hashtag GOAT. That's greatest of all time, by the way. Hashtag Hall of Fame, HOF, not happening. Hashtag water break. We just did one. Uh, Pete or repeat. And so here's the deal. Yo. Yeah, Matt Riddle, um, former guest of the Taz Show, uh, NXT superstar, tremendous talent. I, w- I think if Matt and I had a match and I was in my prime, shit, I-, I do think we'd tear it down. I mean, Matt is tremendous. A lot of people, I too at times see a little bit of um, kind of a similarity, something about the swagger to Matt Riddle to Rob Van Dam back in the day. So Matt, Rob Van Dam and I always had pretty strong matches and our styles kind of, you know, the striker versus the grappler. And we, we, we worked it the right way, I felt, uh, Rob and I. So, um, but, you know, I understand Rat Riddle's different. He's going to get on a mat and he's going to change holds. He will also strike barefoot Jones, the whole deal. I got it. You know, maybe I have to go old school Tasmaniac barefoot versus barefoot. Could do that. Um, no, I would love to work with Matt Riddle. I'm, I'm a fan of this guy. I love his work. The character flip flop Jones jumps in the air, split in the air, and flip flops go fucking flying. It's funny, you know. And, you know, I like Matt Riddle, and and I respect him too. I, I do think we'd have a pretty badass match. I do, but a uh, good observation by you. Oh, the Chan Man, yes, big star of the Taz Show and other platforms. Um, how does someone who works in the wrestling business, in parentheses, this is, who's not a wrestler, get treated by in quotations, the boys, uh, are they respected? Hashtag thanks, Tass. Hmm. Interesting question by the chairman. It's a very good question. Okay. Yes. If you're not one of, in quotes, the boys, and you are part of the business or around a locker room, you, you know, you run the risk of uh, getting, you know, not getting the same respect that guys that, or girls that are in the ring. But, when you work at the higher levels in the better companies, you know, the people that are working backstage that are part of the business that are not wrestlers, they know how to conduct themselves around the talent. And the first thing not to do around the locker room or around the boys around the ring, if they're working out or when you see them, when they get to the building or you see them at the hotel is this the best advice. And I'm not going to be, I'm not joking. I'm going to tell you straight up. Don't act like a fucking mock. So once you act like a mock towards the boys, yeah, then you, you're going to be ribbed. You're going to be fucking laughed at and you have no respect on you. The key is to be respectful. Don't kiss ass, but be respectful. Don't act too comfy either. There's a fine line of being too comfortable and acting like a mock. 
uh, like you're starstruck. You, you got to just be chill and be respectful and just be a gentleman or a lady around them. That's really it. And chairman, in your case, you'd be a gentleman. So, so many of them are respected. I'll give you an example, okay, Jobbers. So during the original EC dub, the aforementioned Gabe Sapowski, uh, owner operator of the uh, you know Evolve Wrestling, does a great job, and you know works closely with WWE and NXT and Triple H. And Gabe and I are friends a long time. Gabe used to work backstage at EC Dub. Right, the original ECW for a long time, and he was not like part of the creative staff. He was not. There was no creative staff. It was the boys and Paul Heyman, or vice versa. That's what the creative staff was. But Gabe would do anything it was in the locker room backstage to help out, help production, help Paul, help the boys. Um, and and then over time, there was a big trust built with Gabe because Gabe knew how to conduct himself as a young man. He knew how to conduct himself from Jump Street. He knew how to conduct himself around the locker room and i can't tell you one guy in that locker room that didn't like gabe everybody liked gabe he was just a really nice kid he was a kid then he was a nice kid that you could tell early on well he's smart this guy is in business for the long run and he's learning and he's under paul Heyman's, you know guidance and he would listen to paul watch paul talk to paul pump paul for questions and stuff like that and um yeah, so, but Gabe wasn't, you know, he wasn't a wrestler, and he was around, he was in, you know, restricted areas of the locker room, and he was respected, and he was allowed to go wherever he wanted, and, and we all loved him. I mean, so that's just one name, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking of, you know, just just as far as in ECW, I'm saying, you know. All right, sweet, where are I? Make sure you guys uh, tweet Gabe and tell him I put him over. So, uh, Jeff Caprell, 209. Do you think AEW should keep the roster smaller to make sure everyone gets a fair shake? Hashtag Waterbreak Jones. Hashtag answer my damn question uh, for once. LOL. That's a long ass hashtag. Well, Jeff, I got you covered here, brother. I did answer your damn question. I'm going to answer it right now. I think you bring up a very good point, and I do think that they – their roster right now is not huge. The depth is not big, and it shouldn't be because they need to do one main thing right here. You know, I don't want to be out here, you know, giving free consultant Jones, but I'm just going to say this. The key for AEW in regards to their roster and why they should keep it small for the short term, they got to see what gets over and, more importantly, who gets over. That's what they don't know. They could think they know. They don't know that yet. They they have to just let things evolve over TV time live every week and see what gets over and more, like I said, importantly, who gets over. And then you could start to slowly build your roster instead of just pouring money down the drain and just signing, you know, guys left and right. You know, so you can't just do that either. You got to have a, a reason or a story arc or something. You can't just sign people for the sake of signing. I also think you got to sign the right people. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if... If if someone's friends with someone, but they're not good enough or they don't look good enough, then they shouldn't get a spot just because they're friends is not a reason. It's not about being friends. It's about drawing money and about making money. And if someone is someone, if a wrestler is somebody that rubs people the wrong way, he's a little bit of a hard ass, but yet, you know, he's a professional, you know, he's going to work hard and he's not going to say no one has got to do a job. But just because he's not buddies with no one, that shouldn't mean he doesn't get hired. I'm going to tell you this right now, like Vince McMahon, I, I, you know, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a little irked about them because they've not. They just don't acknowledge my existence, like I said, and it's I don't know why. So so it does bother me sometimes, but most of the times it don't bother me. But I'm just being transparent with you guys. But most of the times I'm I don't sleep over it. But 
it does, you know, when a fucking 20th anniversary of SmackDown is like around around the block and I don't get invited and I've called tons and tons of SmackDowns. It's like, wow. Uh, it's a little bit of like, what did I do so wrong? You know what I mean? So my point in saying was, I, I will always give Vince credit for several things. And, and one of those things is that I've really never talked about is Vince will hire or always had hired guys um, that were going to draw or he felt were going to draw no matter if he liked them personally or not. Vince does not need to like you personally. And that's what very intelligent business people do. It, it you know, it's, it's, you got to hire people that you want to work with. That's important, but it doesn't mean they got to be your best bud, but no matter what business you have, but you know, I mean, listen, I'll be honest with you, right? Just like in my, to a lot lesser degree, cause I'm not as, I'm not a, I'm not as big as AEW. I'm not as big as WWE. I'm just Taz doing a show, right? If I was, let's say, if I had uh, Dennis Jones, the lumberjack, you guys remember lumberjack, as my producer again, or we were doing a show live every day, like we were. I, I do I like Dennis personally? Well, he's probably not my favorite person in the world. Did he do me wrong? Yeah, he kind of did me wrong. But you know what? I know him and I had good chemistry. I know he was a good producer too. And for the betterment of the show, I would have pro- no problem working with Dennis again because I know it's best for the show. That's how I look at it. It's not to me. It's not about if someone is your boy. It's not about that, you know. Because I got a lot of guys that are good friends of mine that I wouldn't want them to be the producer on my show because they're fucking knuckleheads. So you know they're not gonna do the right thing. The thing is this: I think AEW needs to keep their roster. I think the size of their roster right now, in my opinion, is perfect. But they need to see what's going to get over and then build from there. That's how I see it. Uh, what else we got? Oh. Oh, what? Excuse me? Really? Wait, hang on a second. Someone's talking to me. Oh, we're going. Oh, I see. So we're going to go to. Oh, we have to go to break. Okay. I didn't realize it was time to go to break. I'm busy here being, you know, Chatter Jones Jaw. That's a stupid saying. Take two. I'm busy being Chatty Chatty. That made more sense. Chatty Yacky Chat Chat. Chatty Chat Jack fucking Yak Chat. That's a good one right there. Yeah, so when we come back, we'll have, uh, we're going to talk about Kenny Omega. Some people have questioned about Kenny Omega and his comments that he made towards NXT. We'll do that on the other side of the Breer's Ache. Uh, what else? We're going to get into some other things. There's a lot. There's more Taz Hall here. We got, um, oh, the, the scuttlebutt that Chris Jericho said something that did Taz ever use PW uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500 to get a, to try and get a job? Is that true? <laughs> Hook Jones. Taz should be right back. We're back we're in the Taz show and we're getting after it. So we're gonna get into a little bit of uh, more Taz Hall and I give you a little hook. Talking about um you know a lot of a lot of scuttlebutt was about Kenny Omega and his comments towards NXT. Basically paraphrasing, more or less saying that they're um, you know developmental talent and then uh, Dominic Dajovic went out uh, and said something towards Kenny Omega and and then Kenny Omega did the Being Elite and made comments on that. He did the, on, on the Young Bucks Being Elite YouTube page. It's a whole big thing, right? Uh, so that brings you to this question by our friend Shano underscore. This is our UK friend. 
Hey Taz, what are your thoughts on Kenny Omega's comments towards NXT? Hashtag RTG, hashtag the Taz show. Uh, and he tags Instagram. He goes, come on already, Instagram. Get off your backside. You could say ass or ass in your words. And verify the man Taz talk already. Well done, Shano. I love the love. All right, listen, a lot of folks are making a big deal about Kenny Omega and what he said and stuff like that. I, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I, I don't think Kenny Omega, I think he was, he's just, his character lately, he's been a little bit, he's kind of being a little out there, like he's a little bit crazy, like he's kind of lost his mind. That's kind of what he's doing. And I think it's great. He's showing great personality. Most guys that have success, Americans or Canadians, in this case, with, with Kenny's Canadian, you know, when they work and have so much success in that Japanese strong style working for New Japan, a lot of times you don't see a ton of personality, and Kenny's showing you that, and I think that's important for AEW. It's uh, it's important for Kenny. Lord knows the son of a bitch can get it done in the ring. He's great. So a uh, brother can can go. Uh, I don't have as big of a problem with it as a lot of people think because, you know, he, he got a lot of attention on it. I, I don't agree with his comments. I I don't think Kenny really meant it. I, I don't I think Kenny's smart enough to know and he knows the business. He knows these guys personally. That they're not developmental guys. He knows that. I think he's just was fucking around and goofing off and being being a heel and and acting like a acting like a jerk on purpose and, and people ran with it. And you know what? Hey, it worked. It works. It works. It's good good awareness. It uh, brings good attention on AW and stuff like that and on Kenny. Uh, so, like I said, uh, Shano, I don't have I don't have a problem with what he what he said. I really don't think he means it. By the way, another former guest of the Taz Show, that's Kenny Omega. By the way, yes, Kenny's been on when we had the Skype Jones, just like Matt Riddle was when we were doing live video. We had those guys on video. Pambroso, were you ever approached by WCW, and how do you think you would have fit into their roster? Would you have been okay with being thrown into a faction, NWO, etc.? Well, for those that don't know, first off, NWO was over like a motherfucker back in the day, right? Maybe you're a little younger, you don't know, and you didn't follow it or something like that. But the NWO, the New World Order, was over like Rover. They were fucking big time over. Normally, I would not want to be thrown into a faction, especially during those years in my prime. Um. I probably would not have wanted to be in it just because I would want to stand alone. That was kind of what the human suplex machine Taz was. Um, how do I answer that first part of the question? I don't know. I like to share business stuff, even though it's old, but I, I know there was, there was feelers put out and then my people put feelers out on our end, responded to the feelers. And before you knew it, uh, I knew where I wanted to be. And then WWE was, looking to do something with me right away not right away like they wanted to talk and they were serious about talking and i'm a new york guy i i no knock on wcw as to watch i thought it was great and stuff but i i didn't you know i'd rather work and be part of something that was the main office and studio was only a hop skip and a jump from my home like an hour away from long island so um northeast guy like i said and i and i would lean towards wwf at that time anyway and that's what i did now I can't sit here and say to you that WCW offered me one of these big fat contracts. They didn't, but they were offering a lot of ECW guys then. I think guys that they thought they could get right away. They, you know, I had a bigger push at that time. And a lot of people were like, there was a handful of us that were known as, oh, these are Paul Heyman guys. These guys are close to Paul Heyman. So don't even bother trying to get these guys. So they went after other guys. I think that's kind of what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, geez. I remember the mole story. Those that know it, and I remember we were in Westchester, somewhere near Heyman's house. Yeah, it was, uh, and I don't know. We, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I ever told this story like a long time ago, like early human podcast machine or Taz talk, uh, Taz talk or, um, or uh, uh, when I, the show was daily, I'm thinking right now, I'm trying to remember if I, uh, if I told the story or not, but I, I'll give you a quick, in the middle of doing the gimmick here, in the middle of doing the uh, Taz Hall, I'll give you a quick uh, story on this whole, during that era of when WCW was, was raiding the ECW locker room. Boys and girls, pull up your stools. It is now time for Taz Tales. Okay, Jobbers, so here we go. So uh, the year is, I don't know, probably 19... <laughs> That's a great story. The year is, I don't know. The year is probably 1998-ish, 99, Jones, 98, something like that. And I, this is a long time ago, so the story I could be a little... As I've told it before, I might be a little fuzzy on talent this time, but I, there was like a all systems bulletin, all systems go emergency meeting in Westchester, New York, near Paul Heyman's house. And we met at a cafe and it was just a handful of us. And, um, you know, we, we just a couple, a few, and, and we had, we go meet Paul. This was a day off. We weren't on, we weren't wrestling. We weren't working that day. And it was this whole thing about that. You know, there was a mole within ECW who was the mole and, you know, they're they're going they're taking talent left and right. Paul Heyman's playing. We heard voicemails. It was like voice message. We heard a lot of shit, and it was like it was a very <laughs> that time. And it was like a rainy afternoon, and we're sitting in this cafe uh, in Westchester in this in this really nice strip mall, you know. And it was a nice area, like where, where Paul lived, and um, and we're trying to figure this shit out. And and it was it was fun. It was just like it was like like we were like FBI guys. It was fucking weird, but it was cool. But it wasn't a joke then. We were like serious, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And I, and you know, a lot of these guys do podcasts now, and they drop names, they say shit. I don't know. I just don't want to do that. And like and and it's just you know enough of these other guys do that. You guys know how I roll, but whatever. Fuck it. Um, and the other time that was super exciting was like that was when we invaded WWF. And um, at the In Your House pay-per-view in Philadelphia, and then the next night in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and I came down in Hershey uh, during a Raw, live Raw, and I had the Sabu Fierce Taz sign. So early in that day, we're at like a Bob Evans in the parking lot, all the ECW guys with Heyman. Heyman's on a payphone and talking to WWE, and we're trying to figure out how we're going to do this. Oh, it, was, it was fun. It was, it was that shit that I don't know if it's ever going to happen again, but that shit was fun, man. Um, anyway. Uh, sidetrack Jones right there, big time. So here we go. What we got? We got Mark Valencia, 87. I couldn't think of a good question, so I'm just going to say thank you for the free content and keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. Lance underscore star underscore lord underscore Berg. What's harder, calling a match on the fly as commentary or calling it on the fly as a worker? I love these inside terms. They make me feel so good. Hashtag running the game. Hashtag uh, improv Jones. Nice. Hashtag uh, boot check Jones. Hashtag verify Taz at Taz at Instagram. Yes. 
Well, Lance, very good question. Uh, I've been asked a lot of questions in my career. Never this one. Thinking. Calling a match on the fly in the ring is probably a little bit harder than calling a match on the fly at commentary. Because to be frank, most matches at commentary for me were on the fly. You know, I a lot of times the bigger matches like during WrestleManias or Survivor Series and stuff like that or Raw Rumble, uh, I didn't know to finish and I didn't want to know to finish. So I could act organically and, and, and you know, spontaneous. Um, so most of the matches that I was calling and TNA also, I, I you know, no one sits with the announcers. I can't speak for how some of the people in WWE do today or, or whatever or, or what AEW does. I don't know. But. No one says, all right, we're going to do this move, then we're going to do that move, then we're going to do this move, then we're going to do that move. I, that doesn't happen. Uh, not, not for me. I, I wouldn't want that. I couldn't. I'm not an actor. I can't go out there and say, acting. I can't do that. So, But in the ring, calling it as a wrestler, it depends on your dance partner, who you're wrestling. Some guys are easier to call everything in the ring with than others. Some aren't. So that's that's a very important part of that question. So, But I would say it's a little bit easier to call it um, – as far as the, the announcing part of it, you know, as far as calling it on the fly, Improv Jones, as you called it. All right, then we got uh, la 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 evil sir two four seven. Sounds like a nice guy. What's up with Google Podcasts not dropping the new podcast? Last episode was seven oh two. Listen, sir, evil sir, I should say, evil sir two four seven. I don't have that answer right now, but I can tell you, the producer of the Tash Show. Brian, otherwise known as Crying Brian. He is going to look into this. I know he's a Google podcast guy himself, so I do think he will have the answer. I know that there was something on social media that Brian had tweeted last week because someone had this same gripe. And Brian, if we can go find it, uh, because he walked out of this area, so I can't get him. But I'm looking here on the lines, as they call it, and uh, Brian... uh, he had who was he who was he who was who was brian hold on a minute he was he tweeted at somebody that had a question about the google and and i know yeah i can't find the answer but he he had he had like you know he he had some kind of an answer he said something like refresh it or uh drop down schnabel's fern and burn and burn whatever he said I, i'm really not giving you a fucking good answer that's a horrible answer yeah i'm looking at brian's twitter right now if you want to follow brian or send him a tweet you can at Cora's Hair, it's C-O-R-E-S-H-A-I-R. It's kind of a weird name. He's a weird guy. Uh, let me see. I'm going through these tweets. La, la, la. As we go through, he tweets about soda bottles. He's a weird guy. Uh, he's a big Xbox guy. Uh, no, he likes bumblebees. Um, he's got. The, he's constantly tweeting about beer. Shocking. Um, he drinks like a fish. And this is boring, and I cannot find this tweet. I didn't know this guy's tweeting this much. And, and I follow Brian. He's my friend. But, gee whiz, he should be tweeting about the Taz show much more than he's tweeting about all other nonsense. Ah, uh, yes. He's got, oh, well, that's a tweet from 2017. Okay, maybe I went too far. <laughs> that was funny. I popped myself. Yeah, I don't have the answer. I don't know. We'll find out. And uh, and uh, Brian will uh, help you out. Sorry, Evil So 247. Sorry to waste two minutes of your life just there. That was horrible. Take that out of the podcast. Joe.563. Uh, EC3 lost to Rusev. Yeah, I saw this on Raw. Blessing in disguise, or is it WWE continuing to bury him? Hashtag push EC3. Hashtag verify Taz. At Instagram, he tags. 
Yeah, it's a burial. I mean, I, I don't think it's a blessing in disguise. EC3, the way the match was constructed, it was Rusev Jones. He's back. Mustache City, big chest man. Got it. Big Peck City. Um, EC3 looks great. They put him over a little bit on commentary. Grady looks and uh, alluded to the fact that he's a top one percenter and all this gimmick and did nothing with him in the ring. More or less, he just, you know, they just didn't. I felt bad for it was the first spot of the match. I don't recall. It was a little bit. It was a little rough. Uh, the spot wasn't too fluid, and I'm like, hey. uh, he's a talented guy, man. I've, I've had the opportunity to call a lot of his matches in TNA and watched him during that big push. We saw what he did in NXT, man. It's just it's not it's just not going right for him right now, you know, on uh, on the main roster. Man, get his ass back on NXT, uh, in my opinion. Let him be him and let whoever's whoever's holding him back or whatever happened. I mean, he's a good guy. I mean, backstage, I, I don't know. Maybe he's got a heat with someone. I don't know. But I've worked with him enough. He's always a really nice guy. So, But who knows? You can get fucking heat in that place without even trying, dude. And I'm not even kidding. I'm so pop punk. In your opinion. Wait, hold on. Let me back up. I don't want to go off about the EC3 stuff because this happened to me. You know, this happened to me, as most of you guys know, where I was deep pushed. You know, and I saw, I was like, there was a, uh, whatever, someone was, uh, JR, somebody put out, there was, I don't know if it was somebody, Bubba, somebody put out a MSG card from 2000, like September 2000, like, because it was like uh, the anniversary of this card. It was not like a, I don't know what it was. I was on the card. I was in a mixed tag match. It was me and Ivory as a team. And, um, and I'm like, wow. That's just a, several months past my debut at the Garden. And then here it is, and I'm in a mixed tag, like buried in the middle of the card. Like, and it just kind of like jumped out to me. And then next thing you know, I see the EC3 match with Rusev. I'm like, God, this poor guy, EC3. It, it's, a, it, you know, and I, I connected it like the, the deep pushing. And a lot of times it's just for no reason, guys. It really is. It's just for no reason. And it's, it's very frustrating. I'm so pop punk. In your opinion, who plays the biggest role in obtaining casual fans? The wrestlers, the writers, or executive producing roles? He means like Heyman or Bischoff or Triple H. Hashtag learning tree. Hashtag buy hat. Hashtag question Jones. Hashtag I miss the KFJ. Ah, oh, that's nice, the KFJ. Well, that's a good question. Who plays the biggest role to, to gain and grab the casual fan? You know, it's tough to say the wrestler. Uh, it's it's even it's even tough to say the writing. I think it's more of the marketing and the to build the awareness around the brand. I think that's that's probably it right there. Uh, once people get in, most of the matches are going to be good. Whatever whatever wrestling you're watching, you can have talent. Um, I, I I yeah, I mean, I don't think right. I don't think storylines for the most part pull in a casual fan. I think pulling in a casual fan, like what AEW is doing with their promos that they're running on SmackDown and Raw and NXT, they're smart. They're simple. TNT is doing the right thing with these promos. They're simple. There's a new league, and here they are, and they show high spots of some of the talent. You could see it's not WWE production. You could tell it's not the WWE. I mean, you see Chris Jericho in it. So you're thinking, oh, wow, well, I remember him. He used to be with WWE. Now he's with this new league. They use the words new league. You know, I, it's simple. They did a simple promotion push. I think that was smart by AEW. So I would say it's more of the advertising, the marketing. Uh, I am so punk to answer your question. Okay. <sighs> I'm so fucking smart. Sometimes it frustrates me because I know everybody else is behind me, you know, like, like steps behind me. 
I don't mean like in support. It might be egotistical, but it's just how I feel. Anthony Verd, take two. Anthony, ugh, I'm struggling. Anthony Vern Radio. Come on, bro. Really? Please, ex- uh, can't read today. Please explain the distinct difference in the ECW Arena crowd and the Elks Lodge madhouse of Extreme in Queens. I was at both. They're unique in their own way. Queens folks would line up at 1 p.m. Uh, uh, drinking beer all day, all day next to Queens Boulevard. And uh, it was a debauchery. Your thoughts, please. Anthony and Bethlehem. Uh, hashtag stop being so sensitive. Hashtag bills are paper tigers. Anthony, you're going to come over here and you're going you're gonna to rip my bills. I don't know who's sensitive. If you're talking to me, I don't even know why the fuck I'm answering your question. I want You want to see sensitive? How about you'll be banned from Taz Hall? How about that? You'll be the fucking first guy banned from Taz Hall. You can be banned. You can be banned. I don't need to be live to ban a motherfucker. I'm just telling you, you will be banned. Hashtag stop being so sensitive. You better hope you ain't talking about me. I'll tell you that right now, because you will be. I'll show you sensitive. I'll take a feather and scratch my ass and cry. You want to see sensitive? Fuck. There is no difference. Two strong fan bases, one in Philly, one in Queens. Similar type blue-collar people that love the brand during that era. No difference. Stop being so sensitive. My ass. Ed underscore after Buffalo. Think our Bills can beat the Patriots this weekend. Hashtag Bills Mafia. That is a good guy. I do. I do. I know it's maybe crazy. Both teams are 3-0. AFC East Jones. We're home, guys. For those that are Bills fans, we're home. And by the way, if you're not a football fan, be a Bills fan. Support Taz. Support the Bills, man. Only real New York State team. We got a chance. Tom Brady's a little banged up. The Bills are a little banged up. We got a little bit of a chance. But their fucking defense is tremendous. And our quarterback, Josh Allen, is a little bit of a gunslinger. Crazy man Jones. He's a little bit wild. He plays an exciting brand of football. But that Bill Belichick defense, they batten down the hatches, bro. So they batten down the hatches. Uh, so the answer is yes. I think they do have a chance, but I'm not too confident because it is Tom Brady, it is Bill Belichick, and these guys are unbelievable. I mean, Michigan Boy 106. On Chris Jericho's podcast. Oh, this is the one we're waiting for. On Chris Jericho, Chris, ah, fuck, I can't read because I read so much during the radio show. It's like so much prep work. By later in the day or evening, I, I just don't want to read anymore. It's just I can't, my lips and brain don't work. On Chris Jericho's podcast the other day, he spoke about you, uh, you, meaning me, Taz, using PW500 as a tool to get a job. Any truth to that? So then I did a rarity, and I went on the gimmick, and I said, what? With question marks. I had no idea what this guy was talking about. And then some other person, Bravada, said his exact story, meaning Chris Jericho, his exact story was that he heard a rumor in caps that you might, in caps, have tried to use it uh, as a resume item when, re- when negotiating with WCW. Uh-huh. So, okay. 
And I heard the clip. Someone sent me the clip of what Chris said. He was doing a whole podcast on PWI 500 gimmick, right? So that's what he was doing. So And and, and I didn't listen to the whole thing. I heard this clip, but, you know, Chris does a great job, so go check it out. You can let him know I promoted his podcast because I'm a gentleman. And the clip I heard, he's like, Taz is going to get mad at me, but I heard this as a rumor, and I'm glad Chris said a rumor because I don't think this is a true rumor. Now, I will put a qualifier on it, and this is the reason why. Back then, I did have uh, uh, the agent I was using. The, the, he was a lawyer also, so my representation, and the, he dealt with a publicist that I wasn't crazy about. A lot of times would um, try to market or sell me a certain way for maybe commercials or other stuff outside of wrestling. This is a long time ago. And the WCW thing, I, you know, I was like, do you want to work for them? What do you want? To do? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, I know they got money and maybe, and I know they got strong TV and maybe they want to do something, but I could see myself more in WWF. This is how, what the, more or less the narrative. My point in bringing up this, this person might've said that, that, you know, uh, that, because I think Chris Metz, I don't even remember where I was. I was like in the top 10 of the PW 500 that year. I was like six or seven or eight, whatever number it was. And he mentioned in his podcast, Chris, because I don't think Chris memorizes it. He was, I think he had a bunch of, you know, material in front of him of former PWI 500 winners. And I mean, uh, ranked how hard they were because he was doing a podcast on it with, with a guest. So um, from, from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Now, I, so I can't, I don't want to sit here and say Chris is wrong because he, he did the right thing. He said that I, that I might've tried to use it. It was a rumor. Did I talk with Eric Bischoff back then and say that? No, because I did not talk to Eric Bischoff. Like there was not at all. Like, so, you know, and no, I, I, the first I heard of this that I remember was this here with, with you, Michigan boy, one Oh six, sending me this Instagram thing on it. But I am saying there's a slim chance that could have happened, which is embarrassing. It wasn't my call, but you know, that's why these people don't work with me anymore. They fired them a long time ago. I fired them a long time ago. I'm a fucking heel. Jimmy Hogalati, what kind of steak and temperature do you order? I'm an old chef. Just curious. You know, Jimmy, we here at the Taz Show noticed there's been a couple of Taz halls where you've asked this question, and the team was upset because this is not a question that has anything to do with wrestling or Big Brother. But then we realize you're not Bullshit Jones. So I will answer this briefly. Okay. I like a New York strip steak. I like a filet. Um, I don't like a fatty steak. But to contradict myself, I do like a nice Wagyu. Wagyu is one of the basically melts in your mouth. It's a very tasty but yet expensive steak. But it's it's very fatty. That's the only fatty type steak I, I do like. I don't eat that that much. It's very rich. But I'm a medium guy. You know, I don't I don't like it too red. So I'm a medium, sometimes medium well if it's a, if it's a thicker like a fillet. Uh, I don't butterfly it. I do like a little horseradish crumb. Fillet Jones. Uh, we'll go medium well because it's big fatty. Okay, there you have it. British Chris. Hey Tash, your podcast is the best wrestling podcast in the business. Oh, you say that to all the guys. Come on. What do you think of the whole Lacey Evans deal? Oh, I said this before. Where uh, she worked the internet, making everyone believe she was actually roasted the police officer in Edmonton. I thought it was fantastic and generated a ton of heat online. Hashtag heel Jones. Hashtag buy a shirt. Hashtag RTG. Hashtag uh, verify Taz ID. Yeah, I handled this, but thank you for the question. 
Tamia Wu, that's Wu one Ah, my girl. She's always been a big part of the Taz show. What's up, Tamia? Good moment. Yes, good moment, Tamia. Uh, do you think the commentators, ring announcers, and interviewers should get inducted into the Hall of Fame for those attributes slash talents alone? Hashtag get Taz in the Hall of Fame. Hashtag Taz Nation. Hashtag we over. She put an orange heart and a black heart which is awesome orange black jones and she goes i hope you're invited to starcast in baltimore i cannot say anything stay near your social media accounts this week anyway on that note um yes i do to answer your question i do think that all of these talents these announced talents should be you know triple h and vince mcmahon whoever else i think they're the ones who decide who goes in the hall of fame basically that's what i heard but they should definitely, these type of folks should be considered for that stuff because they're a big part of the TV show. I do. Uh, I'm, I'm, I believe in all announced talent, not just the play-by-play and the color commentators. So, yes. Uh, so, no, I agree. Uh, basically, what they call in the business is, uh, you know, we call that a wrap. So, that's a Taz Hall, and it's done. Okay? And it was great, and I know you loved it, which is why you're going to do this. You're going to contact your friends. Your family members, your buddies, your enemies. You can say, hey, fuck face. You remember that guy, Taz? Human suplex machine. Remember him? Black Towel Jones. You remember him? Yeah. He's well over 700 episodes, unless you're listening on Google. That's a funny joke, right? Check out his podcast and subscribe to it. Subscribe to it. Fucking free. All right, we'll be back uh, Ray Litter and Reed with some more podcasts. All right, I'm Taz. You're not. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. Give me an hour of your time or whatever this is. Appreciate you. Bye bye. Stay.